Welcome to our Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel, a transformative leader and executive coach in areas of public policy, social change, and spiritual entrepreneurship. We understand that today's life and social challenges require a more holistic approach, including spiritual tools, thoughtful dialogue, and of course, community building. Join us in the conversation. We all crave authenticity. And among the rising generation, it's one of the most important characteristics that they tell me. When, when I talk to young people, they basically say, what I'm really looking for is authenticity. Um, I think even more than any generation. And I, I think part of the reason that that is is because they've been marketed to so much their whole life. And marketing, you know how that works, right? If you buy this toothpaste, you'll have great teeth. If you get this car, you'll be this. If you get, it's, it, it basically tries to fill that hole of meaning and purpose through products and it never suffices. It doesn't work. Um, we get our basic needs met, but those products never really de deliver. And so marketing is very inauthentic. Um, and young people, who, uh, particularly when I say young, you know, anybody's young now compared to me, but younger people have been marketed to so for so long that they really have developed an antenna of awareness for phonies and they're craving authenticity. They're really looking for it. And, um, but it's not an easy thing to get to. So we've been doing the six week series of messages about building resilience. And I really believe that there's a deep power in becoming an authentic person to, that will make us resilient in the world. I like to define the words I'm using. So authenticity means you're true to your own personality, you're true to your values, you're true to your spirit, regardless of the pressure you're, other, you're under, under to act otherwise. Um, authentic people are the real deal, they're genuine. Maybe one of the best ways to understand authenticity is to understand its opposite, which is deception. And deception is all around us. We live in a time of great deception and great deceivers. Um, and there's actually entire industries out there who are putting out things that are trying to deceive us, that, that are not true. But, and it makes for a very confusing time to figure out what's, what's really going on. Um, in the p political realm, my goodness, we're in the middle of a midterm right now. And if you live in a state, um, particularly the folks here, say in Pennsylvania or uh, swing states, you're bombarded with information. Politicians are telling you that they are authentic, they're the real deal, and their opponents are deceiving them. Um, in, in politics, uh, particularly, we're, we're pretty familiar with deception, uh, that people saying one thing and doing something else, we've even become kind of hardened to it. Um, even the hearings this la last week, the January 6th hearings, I thought they brought to light some really terrible things that happened behind the scenes um, where we were told one thing, but that wasn't really true. And, um, you know, I don't think most of us were just like, yeah, you know, that was, that's kind of a big deal. And it just kind of went over. So we're kind of in a world where um, deception might be the norm. And to um, make us even more cynical this week, there was a recorded conversation with a law, 
Los Angeles City Council member, and on the conversation, she's talking about redistricting and how that affects power, basically. And she's just, you know, outright racist in her views on black members of the council, black residents, and uh, and a white member who had a black child. So at the same time, she portrayed publicly that she was a champion for social change and equality. This conversation revealed something very different. Again, it kind of makes us a little bit cynical about the whole thing. Uh, being authentic and straightforward, it, it sounds like uh, it's easy. It's not often easy. This past week, um, another hat that I wear is in um, Markham Social Capital Advisory, where I work with uh, an account. It's an accounting firm, but working with investment funds. And the topic that I was talking about was called ESG, Environment, Social, Governance. And it's become a big thing. So funds right now are being categorized as environmentally friendly, socially friendly, and they're governed in a friendly way. But there's no clear metric, and that was what the presentation was about. And of course, now that this has become quite popular because young people are demanding it, investors are demanding it, society is demanding it. What's happened is that everybody's calling them an environmentally friendly fund, or everybody's saying that they have a diversity and inclusion in their organization. Or everybody says they have uh, you know, women on their board and diverse boards and so forth. The truth is it's not really measured and so we're seeing what's called greenwashing. Uh, we're seeing the gap between what's authentic and what's, being, what's really true in the business world as well. So we see it in our business life, we see it in our um, political life, and we see it in our own personal lives. Uh, we might look at others but we know that we ourselves have this gap between who we publicly say we are and then who we really are. And narrowing that gap and be, uh, is really the definition of authenticity. In a spiritual sense, uh, it means marrying your inner spiritual life with your outer physical life. And getting that balance can be very tricky. It's not, um, it's e it's not easy. Um, I, there's a story uh, Swedenborg shares in heaven where people are told, uh, people who have died come to their side and he says, on earth they were the pillars of the community. Everybody admired them. They were philanthropic and kind and so forth. But their inner life was quite diabolical. And he says when we transition to the next life, the ability to hide who we really are is lost. Everything comes out. Everything comes to the front. So we can do it while we're here. We can project a life but have a you know, more selfish and maybe a dark heart of cruelty that we want to do bad things, but we project something to the public uh, for public consumption. That doesn't exist um, in the next life because there's no physical outer life. It's a spiritual life. But here we struggle with the balance. And sure enough, um, you know, many people try to hide what is really a selfish motive under the guise that I'm caring, I'm a champion for justice, but what you find out is it's just uh, underneath it, there's something else. So it's complicated when you're trying to get that balance. Ideally, we wanna be the person who can say to others, what you see is what you get. Like what you see is what you get, there's no deception. This is who I am and hopefully uh, who I am is trying to do good. That's, that's really what we're seeking for. Um, there are people who you know, do good on the uh, outside, but are selfish on the inside. And um, that's a tension that all of us face, but it, it does make us cynical. It makes us not really want to trust people. 
So we want to be that person who is authentic. What you see is what you get. But here's the catch. That inner life, that life that we have inside, it needs to be a good life. We want to marry a good life on the outside and a good life on the inside. But we become so cynical about particularly political people that we now have come to admire people who are awful on the inside and awful on the outside. And they say it. Um, and we say, well, you know what I like? They say what they think. One of my favorite cartoons, which I can um, I could show on the screen at the end of the service if you like, because I found it, we could put it in the newsletter, but one of my favorite cartoons during the 2016 campaign was sheep in a field. And they're looking at a billboard, and on the billboard a wolf is running for office. It's a wolf in a suit. And the wolf sign says, I'm going to eat you. And then one of the sheep, smiling to the other sheep, says, he tells it like it is, admiringly. That is the danger of inauthenticity, that when someone is authentically going to eat us, we say, well, I really admire their honesty. We don't want that. We don't, that is not, that's not the, that could be authentic. It's better than hypocrisy, I suppose, but we don't want to have uh, an internal life that's reflected out, an outside life that is n not good, not kind to others. And we're getting into that in our culture right now um, we're devolving into a period of really coarseness and um, base and, uh, and cruelty to one another. And it's got very dangerous consequences. So the remedy for that is authentic people who are authentically good on the inside and the out. This is so important in this whole topic that we're talking about, building bridges or building community, because when a person is authentic, speaking from the heart and, and wants to do good, even when they make mistakes, and if, you, and if you try to build community or if you try to build bridges, you will make mistakes because you won't really understand other people's viewpoints completely ever. But when you're authentic and you're sincere, most people will be very forgiving of you because they know your motivations are sincere. And so they know that you ha you're an authentic person. You're, you do want to do good. And that's very powerful. We need more of this authentic spirit right now in the culture that we're in. I do uh, a number of trainings and exercises where they break the ice at the beginning to really get to know people. And one of the exercises that uh, I've participated in that's very powerful is at the very beginning, and you can try this next time you're in a circle and you're trying to really get to know strangers. Everybody goes around and says this, if you really knew me, you'd know, fill in the blank, okay? So you can try this yourself right now as you're listening to me. What would you say? If you really knew me, you'd know, okay, fill in the blank. Usually in groups, it starts off really slow. And uh, you know, I'm very, I'm very cautious, so you know, People kind of start, start off and they say, if you really knew me, you'd know how tired I am. Okay, you know, not very vulnerable, but true. Um, but is that, then they uh, very often will say, let's go around one more time and keep going with this. And as it goes around, people share very deep and profound, profound things. 
If you knew me, you know that I suffer from severe depression and it's very hard for me to get out of bed. Things at that level of depth, people will share. They want you to know who they really are, not what they're projecting. And I think one thing that's made the projecting more complicated, particularly for young folks, is that we live so much online with Instagram, now TikTok, in the old days Facebook, uh, but we're projecting images of ourselves constantly, saying to the world, look at me, I'm really having a great life, how about you? Making the person who sees it actually jealous and maybe more depressed, and it's usually not really true. Uh, we're really struggling like everyone. So being vulnerable can be very powerful. In our scripture reading today, Moses says, uh, he's saying to God, I, you want me to go get these people, you know, who should I say you are? You know, give me a name, what, what, how do I convince them to follow me? And God says, just tell them I am who I am sent you. And I don't know why, but I find that passage from Scripture so powerful. God is just saying, I am who I am. And I think that's something we can do in our own lives, too. I think there's times when people will question us, people will challenge us, we'll be pressured to be something we're not. We just need to be able to say to ourselves, you know what? I am who I am. And I'm going to be that. I'm not going to become something out of fear. And I love that passage. And then Jesus in today's reading, um, is, it's kind of funny. We don't often really pick up the humor in the Gospels, but it's kind of a comic moment, really. Um, in it, this guy, Nathaniel, um, hears, they say, oh, this guy, Jesus, is, we think he's the Messiah. You've got to meet him. And he says, um, he's from Nazareth. What good comes out of Nazareth? So you can imagine somebody saying, you know, he's from the United States or, you know, he's from another country you know, and just trashing your hometown because nothing good comes from there. And so Nathan is pretty, he's straightforward. And according to Jesus, he has no deceit in him. He's an authentic person. And they immediately connect. And of course, Nathaniel uh, follows him uh, after a moment of authenticity that they share. So... I think to create a more authentic world, we, we need to um, develop this peace within ourselves. One quick story in my own life, um, when I was going for my ordination in the Baptist church, the way it works is that everybody in the association, this is the Philadelphia Association, two people can come and they have their Bibles and they quiz you on scripture and they vote on you based on scripture. So that's kind of how it works pretty intimidating, very intimidating for whatever I was, 25 or you know, whatever, 26. But because I went to Harvard for divinity school, the conservative folks came out in full force because they were very afraid of ordaining liberal clergy. And uh, there was a real battle going on in the Baptist church at that time. And so essentially I got a lot of the answers wrong. Um, my beliefs on people going to hell or understanding Adam and Eve and, and homosexuality, among others. So the event was really a disaster. Um, I was giving, I was not giving them the answers they wanted, but it was clear I knew the scriptures better than they did, but I wasn't playing the game. So when, the, when it came time for a vote, I did win, but by the smallest margin of any candidate in the Philadelphia Baptist Association, they told me, because um, it was a real circus that night. and. What was interesting is afterward, the young people who came, the young leaders, all marched out uh, furious that I was ordained. 
And I'm sure if they know about me today, they'd feel very justified in that <laughs> walking out. But um, it was the older people that came up to me afterward and said, uh, particularly a man named Lincoln, I remember his name, and he said, we knew that you knew what they wanted you to say, and we knew that you weren't going to say it, and that's why we voted to ordain you. But we didn't agree with what you were saying <laughs> in your answers. We just admired that you were authentic and you had different viewpoints, and that's what the clergy needs right now. We need more authenticity, not people who play to the crowd. So that was a, a very telling moment in my life, and I was sure I was going to be um, not ordained at that, that night, but it, it was a very powerful moment for me. So when we divide the world between those who uh, can say, I am who I am, this is who I am, I'm consistent, and I'm trying to do good, and I know there's a gap, and I'm trying to bridge that gap in my inner and outer life, it's a very powerful moment. And I think that we need to not only um, develop that within ourselves, but I also think that as we're dealing particularly with younger people, uh, we really have to be non-judgmental as they're sharing who they are, because that's very vulnerable. And the worst thing particularly religious people do is judge them when they say who they are. And we need to be accepting of who they are and, and help them as they're growing. So I think it's a very important thing as we're thinking, developing it within ourselves, um, being mentors for younger people, and also using it as a way to bridge divides, to go to people we don't agree with, but saying, even when we disagree authentically, this is who I am, I don't necessarily agree with you on these things, but I, I, I respect you and I want to build bridges, can be a very powerful thing. In these challenging times that we're living right now, where division is taking over, this authentic ability to bridge our inner and outer lives is going to be even more important. And then we can take that authenticity and we can take it within our families, within our friends, and in the entire culture. And I'll just note that if you know a person who is very authentic, they're very calming people when you're around them. There's, you don't have that tension and, and artificialness. And that's something I think all of us should be seeking is to have that balance between that inner and outer life. And we can become leaders for the world that is in division right now as we seek to remove the division and deception within our own life. And then we can take that risk of then going and being exactly who we are, authentically good, and acting in the world authentically good. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel. We invite you to reach out to us with your questions and comments, as well as proposed topics for discussion. Sending you love and light. Till next episode.